Welcome back to the episode of Too Many Men. Tony Pickenich, Eric Johnson, John Gallietta, Zach Riley, Tyler Dyes, all here coming at you on a Wednesday. Uh, a less than conventional podcast night for us. But Tony, uh, it's a great day for us, too. We have some things yeah. to talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the whole situation going on in New York with the Rangers. We will talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But I want to start with uh, Zach. Oh, with the Mets. The Mets. What? How, how you feeling? Uh, where it is? It's May fifth. Cinco yeah. de Mayo, and Jacob Degrom with some right side tightness. Is that what it was? Yeah. Every year in May and fucking June, you always hear something about Degrom being slightly injured. I'm not worried about him. I think he knows his body enough to to realize what the hell's going on. So. He's the one who went to the coaches and said I was going to either play through it because I was watching his interview today. He said I was either going to play through it and I just didn't feel right. So I went to the coaches and said, you know, give me a day off. So, you know, we look at like managers and we say you have to be able to make the call and keep players from themselves. And you're out here just like, oh, he knows his body. He knows what's going on. He said it in the interview. He said he's like, you know, he's, I know of my course th- he's going to say that. Listen, he's good. The he, he's the one the who job. The job, the, the, staff, the job of the medical staff, the job of the medical staff and the manager is to keep a player from injuring themselves. To keep like he can say, I can play through it, and the manager should be like, No, which well, he wasn't going to tell anybody. He said that in the interview. He was like, I wasn't going to tell anybody, and then I thought, you know, maybe that I should have been a mistake. Yeah, imagine actually, he walks like, out there he's like, it's long term. Yeah, <laughs> imagine though, if a player is like, you know, his arms bothered him, he got hit in the face, and he's like, Oh, it's his body. Should have known that. Yeah, no, I don't know what uh, – but I'm not worried about him. I, I'm more worried about this hitting out. Well, actually, we just got a home run, VR, so getting a little oh. better. It's not just the Mets hitting. Hitting this year for everybody in Major League Baseball is the worst it's been since 1968, which was the year of the pitcher. Yeah. That's the lowest of, it's been since then. A lot of no hitters. Four no hitters so far. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it four or is it three? Because you have four. I think what John means it was four. Yeah. I thought I thought Bumgarner that made it three. Seven it's, yeah, because it's Rondone, it's Bumgarner, and Means. Oh yeah, the one didn't count with the seven inning. Well, no, I was adding in the seven inning one of that. Oh, you were. And yeah. this is the this is the, what I forget what Michael K said. This is the first time three no hitters have been pitched in the opening. Like it's five weeks of the months. season yeah, since, like, like I, I believe he said 1961. That's insane. I'm honestly, I, I've been hearing a lot of rumblings about moving back the pitcher's mound. And honestly, the way that every everybody's pitching this year, I wouldn't be opposed to it. If it gets more people hitting and hitting well, I think it, it, it couldn't hurt the game. We're throwing 102 miles an hour. Well, let's take a look at the year of the pitcher. The 1968 season was the year where pitchers dominated, batters struggled. And their answer to that was lowering the mound, mm-hmm. making it a little bit easier for hitters to hit. Yeah. There might have to, it, I don't see them doing this after a one year thing, especially since we're two years removed from that whole juiced ball year. Yeah. I, I can't see them doing that. But if this becomes a trend, I'd say for two or three seasons, then there'd be some consideration to change the mound in some way. I think it's the Atlantic League, which is a minor league. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah who's experimenting with is it moving the mound back a little bit yeah i think they're moving it back two feet or something like that but like it's the first time the mound's been moved in like like distance wise not height in in like a hundred years in 120 years more than that yeah Yeah. i think ever so i'm confused about this though because it was two years ago that everybody was complaining because these hitters were hitting too many home runs and then it was oh the balls are being juiced and then it actually came out that yeah the balls were being juiced sorry we want to make it more fun. And now no one's hitting and everybody's like, oh, my God, we need to change it so that it's easier for hitters to hit the ball. No, so see, this keep juicing. Them. Well, this here's the, the thing. Problem. Yeah, here's the thing. When players were hitting home runs, averages were still lower than usual. Just yeah. nobody really cared because of how many home because the volume of home runs. Now. You're having lower averages. You're having a lower volume of home runs. People are noticing it more. People aren't on base. Look at the Mets. Look at the Yankees. Can't hit with runners in scoring position Nobody's for hit. anything. Yeah. It, you're noticing it more because the long balls, I, it, they made a whole point that they were, what, 
deadening the baseball a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's been there's less also, home runs this year as well. There's also another twist to it, which is as averages go down, when you see hits, the percentage of hits that are home runs is probably the highest it's ever been. Oh, yeah. yeah it's right. just the number of hits is so low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it, of course, it, home runs going to take up a decent chunk of that. It's also like, I feel like with the, like with Trisha's point where like, it's not about being where, like a ball problem. Like they're the pit hitters just aren't seeing the ball. Like it's it, they have no reaction time to the speed of these pitches that we have nowadays. So that's where I think it, it it's making a big difference. I feel like so if they move back a foot or two and it takes off like a mile per hour or two, or even just gives them that extra second to realize what's coming a fastball, curveball, whatever. I think it'll help. Trish was going to say something, and then he just chose not to after you stopped talking. Yeah. Well, I bailed on it because he continued. Okay. So, if in my opinion, I believe it's like in the NFL where you lean more toward the, the quarterback for him. I think in baseball, if you want to keep attracting eyes, keep bringing people in, you have to lean more toward the batter. Because your baseball fans are going to respect when a pitcher throws a no-hitter or has or goes eight strong innings that are shutout innings in like a three-hit showing. But when you talk about bringing new eyes to the sport, it's players like a Giancarlo Stanton, like a, she- a Shohei Otani, who can hit the ball a ton. Because that's just going to bring more eyes. When it comes to attracting new people, it's like every sport has it. Attracting new people to basketball, it's the dunks. Attracting new people to hockey, it's the fights. Attracting new people to football, it's the either big hits or the bombs by quarterbacks. Attracting new people to baseball, it's the home runs. That's just what it is. It's it's the way the sport has grown to right yeah. now. So I, I think the I think Major League Baseball will end up leaning more toward the batter. And that's why you could see the mound either uh, lowered again or made a push back a little bit. It's two things I think that are very much on the table. Also, the uh, umpiring this year has been awful. Refereeing in general around sports has been bad this year. I feel like it's because they had that last year. You know, last year was like – not the same. I feel like it's just a big different, like, you know, they're getting back into it. I think it's going to be different in a year or two. Because football, football, I think, had one of their better seasons when it comes to officiating. The NBA, yeah, we're always talking. They did a good job. Yeah, we're always talking about in the NBA about these soft tech calls. They're reviewing every little call. Baseball, you have some umpires who don't understand the strike zone. Hockey, you're having phantom calls. It, Make it's up been calls. bad pretty much. Well, makeup calls are thing of the game that was happening. Well, but, I mean, yeah. We yeah, they're that. just becoming public. But I it's it's just been a bad year for officiating as a whole. I actually got a theory as far as all those soft texts you see given out in the NBA. I think because of you know the limited capacity in the arenas, you're uh, a lot of the refs are hearing more of the player chatter, you know, and so whenever they're complaining to each other. Or saying like you know that was a shit call, well, you know along those lines, the refs are hearing it more. It's not being drowned out by the crowd noise because you know in the arena it's really not as loud as you hear it on the broadcast. You know that's more just for the at home on TV, so they can hear everything. And the refs are pretty soft, so that's where I have a quarrel with the NBA. I don't believe a professional athlete should be thrown out of a game for saying something, unless it's racist, homophobic, something like that. If you're just looking at a ref going, hey, that was a bullshit call, that shouldn't be an ejection. And it's ridiculous because it's not even just like them saying stuff. It's like Devin Booker, he bounced the ball at the ref. Yeah. They're like, and like, ejected. Like, what, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's tough. I, it, the whole thing with NBA refs is it's upstaging the ref is what it is. Because that's what a lot of players get thrown out on. It's because they make uh, they make the moment bigger than the, the ref, and the refs don't like that. The refs don't like to be brought to the center of the stage and put on blast by an athlete. But that's um, also what you're expected when you get the job. You know, you're also a professional. 
And you're going to be held to a high standard the same way these players are. And if you're doing your job poorly, the people who it's affecting the most is going to call you out. And that's the players. And they're going to do it, especially when emotions are high and adrenaline is high. That is when players are going to do it. And it seems like referees in the NBA have forgiven or forgotten that and say, oh, we're, take, we're throwing you out. You well, got to imagine yeah, also the line like- is... Sorry, it's not like the refs are can just be like if a team's doing really bad, man, you guys suck. Look, yeah, like the refs can't dish it back. So, like, clearly, they, they the, shouldn't the, be allowed to just abuse them verbally. I don't think there's a thing you should be able to say to a referee that gets you thrown out unless it's racist or homophobic. I feel like you couldn't, you shouldn't be able to walk up to him and say it to his face. But like, if you just like walk away and say it like out loud. You know, if you're going right up into his face and making a whole scene about it, you could make the argument that you could throw him out for it. But if you just say it, like you're just pissed off, you're talking about it, and you just say it, no. I'll I'll compare it to another sport because NBA's because MLB's gotten a little soft with arguing balls and strikes, in my opinion. Oh yeah, they they don't tolerate it now. Take a look at the NFL. How many times do you see a penalty and there's like three guys there yelling at the ref? Yeah, easily every time. One of them might be the coach. coach running in from the back, just yeah, like screaming in his ear. Yeah, but we we act like, like that doesn't happen in basketball too. It still happens in basketball. It's just it sometimes the ref feels like, all right, it's gone too far, and then he'll throw out a tech. For every hundred times, for every hundred times it happens to an NFL ref, how many times do you feel like that player gets a flag? Uh, Who? It's low. One. It's low. I would say. Yeah. yeah. NBA. Say for every hundred times somebody yells at the referee, how many times does he get a tech? That's higher. Yeah. It's just, they're professionals. They're going to get angry if they feel like you messed up a call. They're getting angry at themselves if they missed a shot. And then if you have players speak out about it after the game, the league will fine you, which. That's stupid. Which do you want them to do? Do you want them to just sit on their hands or do you want them to say it during the game and potentially get thrown out of the game or do it after the game where they're going to take money out of your wallet? Which one? I'll tell you this, though. Reffing soccer overseas is, I've heard, an adventure. That's that's another one. That's if you nice. want to take if you want to take a look at how players treat referees, watch a soccer Football. game. Yeah. Well, what it's about just, this? You guys see Manchester City's fans this past week? Oh man, yeah. Well, I mean, soccer's a religion. Over Manchester there. United, they, they, yeah. they were breaking shit, burning shit down. Like they stormed their stadium. They had to postpone the game at Old Trafford. Yeah. Because and, and they didn't even – they pulled out of it. But just for the mere fact that they thought about going to that Super League, they were like, yeah, fuck you guys and just fuck shit up. <laughs> they just they, – they lost their minds. I mean, I loved the uh, the Chelsea fans a couple of weeks back blocking yeah, the team bucks from uh, getting into the stadium and Petr Cech coming out, former goalkeeper for Chelsea, Petr Cech, be like, yo, we got to get to this game. Everybody move. And all the fans are like, no, <laughs> leave the Super League first. Can you imagine they, they, that happened in the sport here? No, it, it, and it wouldn't. That's the thing. Like I'm, a, I, I'm proof of that. Ah. I my team sucks. I sit here all day and I still get up and watch. Like that's different than a team trying to completely throw off. Sport, like, yeah. Those teams I, are trying I, to leave I, a league. Imagine if would they have still? They probably would have still been in Premier League, right? No, they're already in all their leagues. No, the, the, oh, okay. the league so they would have been in was the Super League. And you yeah. basically would have thrown away a hundred years or a hundred and so years of yeah, English bad. football. And like, imagine if the Yankees, Red Sox, uh, take some other major baseball teams, like big teams, like big market Dodgers and say, and they said, we're going to form our own league. Yeah, no, that would never, it would never. Well, even no, of. you can't do that. You can see the NBA being like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> like the Lakers, That's the Celtics. Yeah, the analogy I like heard was LeBron just being like, "Fuck it, let's fuck it, I'm, stick I'm with out." The league. Yeah. yeah, what I heard would be like the NFL would be like all the big teams, like you know, Packers, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and uh, I guess the Patriots and like three other you know teams would have to compete for get uh, in that league. But it's just absurd. Someone idea for the might, Super League might have been one of you guys, and I heard this was the best one I heard. Take like Duke, UNC, Kentucky, UCLA. Michigan State, all the big college basketball programs, yeah. top 12 of them, and say, we're done. 
We're done with well, the NCAA. Moving on. Like them saying, because this is basically all those soccer teams wanted basically an automatic bid to the biggest European club team tournament. And it's like taking all those college basketball teams and saying, hey, give us an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament every year. We're starting our own tournament. Like imagine the level of the NCAA basketball tournament if you took out Duke, UNC, Gonzaga, all teams like that, your, your big teams that make up college basketball, Kentucky, Kansas. What are you left with? If your biggest team in a tournament is Texas Tech, you got a problem. Yeah. Because you can't market Texas Tech. You can't market a number one Texas Tech more than a 16 seed Duke. Maybe Villanova. Maybe. Maybe Villanova is your top guy, but I could see them being a team that would say, I'm going over there too. So let's talk a little bit about the New York Rangers. Uh, big news there at a Madison Square Garden today. James Dolan, John, I'm sure you're happy about this. James Dolan has taken his hands off of the New York Knicks and then said, I just want to mess with the New York Rangers now because he's getting his hands involved everywhere in that organization. It started off with uh, Monday's game. Monday Rangers, day. Yeah, yeah Mon- uh, Rangers Capitals. Tom Wilson uh, giving some shots to the back of the head of Pavel Buchnevich. That is something I personally didn't have a problem with. I see players get taken to the ice all the time. There's always punches exchanged on the ice. It's not like it was – they weren't hard punches. There, there was some intent there. I don't think there was true intent to injure, but there was definitely some intent to send a message. Uh, you see pe- players throw little, like, short punches all the time at the bottom of piles. Then, right after that, Artemi Panarin, Rangers superstar, jumps on the back of Tom Wilson, and Tom Wilson rips off his helmet, grabs him by the hair, and throws him to the ice. That is where the problem lies. Tom Wilson, a repeat offender in the National Hockey League, been suspended more than a handful of times. One time, 30 games for a hit he did in the preseason. Um, And there's no place for that in this game. And everybody looked toward the Department of Player Safety, George Perot. Waiting, 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 waiting for the suspension. And it never came. And then the NHL Department of Player Safety doesn't even have a hearing or anything. And they say, $5,000 fine uh, for Tom Wilson. And the Rangers announcer, Timmy Panarin, will be out for the remainder of the season, which really only three games, but hearing remainder of the season just carries. When you word it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I say he's out three games or out for the rest of the season, like which one are you going to think is worse? That was definitely a little thing they did there. Hopefully uh, trying to get a larger suspension for Tom Wilson, but no suspension comes down. That leads into tonight. Also a statement released by the Rangers. Which uh, came out on our way to the Devils game last night. Yeah, they uh, releasing a statement saying that basically that George Perot is unfit for his job as the head of the Department of Player Safety. Like, just imagine that in another sport. Let's say, I don't know, the Giants come out with a statement saying, we don't think Roger Goodell's right for the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> that, he's oh. not coordinated to do his job and then the whole thing exploded earlier today the announcement came across a ro- what around like 2 30 yeah, or the, the detail leaked around 2 30 that general manager jeff gordon uh, gorton and uh president of hockey operations and new york rangers legend john davidson would be let go from the team. And Chris Drury, former captain of the New York Rangers, would be named the president and general manager immediately. And that was speculation for a little bit because nobody, the Rangers never confirmed it. Around 4.30, James Dolan made some statements that came out through, I believe it was Darren Drieger on Twitter. And then the Rangers finally re- released a little statement on Twitter say, uh, around 5.30 and said, we've made some uh, front office changes with a little link. And it seems like James Dolan making a move because James Dolan got bored and he hasn't made a move in a while. That's really what this seems like. Oh, the Knicks are doing good, so I'm going to leave my hands off of that. Yeah, and I'm just going to mess up the Rangers who are missing the might playoffs. Be the, might be the best thing that's happened to John in a while to know that. Well, I mean, listen, you know, the Knicks are doing good. I guess his band can't record or some shit now because they can't get in the studio. So, you know, he had to fuck with his other team. I guess. Hey, Broadway is at 100% capacity come September. They're, they're coming back. 
Yeah. Well, the, well, the Rangers will be, you know, in the off season still. So then he'll be. Then be all of this, all of this conundrum leads to tonight, seven o'clock nationally televised game, NBCSN. And we didn't know. We either thought there was going to be a lot happening or nothing happening. Well, before that, before we get to tonight's game that aired on national television, one of the best things the National Hockey League has done in a while, let's talk about the reasoning behind the firing of the general manager and president. Because it's there's a couple different rumors. There's the one that Dolan wanted to release the statement uh, against Perot. And John Davidson and Jeff Gordon wanted to distance themselves from that statement. That has really been rebuffed by many. Not many are thinking that. Uh, It really came with, apparently, Jeff Gordon had been on the chopping block for a while. Just nobody knew it until now. And it's almost like Dolan was looking for a reason to expedite the process and get him out of there. And John Davidson didn't want him to be fired. So James Dolan said, fine, I'll fire both of you. Simple as that. Either you're with me or against me. So that's the current situation in the New York Rangers. And they let a. Apparently, Dolan thought they were going to compete this year. And in a year that's a shortened season, where they're thrown into a division with what, six of the five of the top 15 teams in hockey that was resumed? They lost their long time. They lost their long time goaltender. They had a shit ton of injuries. Yeah. And they were realistically projected to only be better than two teams in the division. What was James Dolan expecting? Playoffs, apparently, which makes no sense. We're rebuilding, but... He always expected the playoffs for the Knicks for some reason. I don't understand. Like, I thought that front office, yeah, a lot of rebuilding is getting lucky, and they got lucky twice in Capococco, who really hasn't started to show his full potential yet. And Alexis Lafreniere, who's finally starting to come on. I thought he made an amazing move in going out and getting Artemi Panarin. They seem to have a goaltending tandem for the future if they don't lose one to the Seattle expansion draft and Igor Shosturkin and Alexander Georgiev. Uh, I don't know how all this happened and David Quinn kept his job. I, don't I really don't. I don't think Quinn's long for this world. I, I think he sticks around. I think Drury and him, because apparently they have a relationship. Apparently they're Quinn's- close. Quinn just said his pro scheme pressure that he was surprised by the firing of Davidson Gordon. Yeah, I I think the whole hockey world was. And multiple NHL executives saying anonymously that they couldn't believe what was going on. Um, it, it was just stunning is what it was, especially leading into one of the most anticipated games of the year so far because of everything that happened. Tom Wilson was going to be playing. And it wasn't, and, you know, and it, this wasn't hype for weeks and weeks on weeks. This is hype for two no, days. 48 hours. Here we go. Oh, and let's get let's talk about the game. So the opening minute, opening second, three opening fights second. off the face-off. Three fights. So that's 30 minutes. That, that's right, uh, off right off the face-off. Jeez. That's 30 minutes and penalties in the first – Second. I did see that picture of everybody in the friggin' penalty box. And then you have another fight and another fight. Well, Brendan Smith leveled Tom Wilson. Yeah, Tom Wilson finally gets in a fight uh, after Brendan Smith basically jumps him. Um, and you have six <laughs> You have six fights in the first period. Don't kid yourself. That's why Brendan Smith was in this game today. You have six fights in the first period. You have Zidane Chara getting a 10-minute misconduct at the end of the first period. You have Tom Wilson leaving the game with an upper body injury. Whether or not the severity of that injury will be disclosed is unknown. I personally don't think he was that injured. I think it was a call from the front office. I don't think it was LaViolette's call to do to get him out of the game, protect him, because it could get way worse here down the stretch and we need him for the playoffs. Because while everybody hates Tom Wilson, there isn't a single GM in the National Hockey League that wouldn't want to have Tom Wilson on their roster. It's as simple as that. Man puts up points. 100 penalty minutes in the first period. Uh, Go later in the game, Pavel Buchanevich, just when everything seemed to be dying down, uh, Pavel Buchanevich cross-checks Anthony Manta in the face. In the face! Gets thrown out of the game. They review it. They say, yeah, the five-minute uh, misconduct is upheld. 
uh, the five minute major with the game misconduct is upheld. Then you have Ryan Strom get ejected in the third. And player I, safety is going to be all over this. I feel like that no matter how you look at it, though, they gained fans tonight. <laughs> they did. They were the talk. They were the talk on Twitter for yeah. two hours. They gained fans, without a doubt. A huge win for that league. And take a look at TJ Oshie, first game back since uh, the passing of his father, scoring a hat trick tonight against the did New York Rangers. It it, it's just it – was, it was a great game. It was a great game to watch. And uh, it, the first – the first two minutes where there was four fights, I believe, in the first two minutes, because it was six in the first five, that got you sucked in. That got you drawn oh. into the game. I mean, how could And everything not? else kept you around. It, it was just fascinating. I, I, I'm interested to see where the Rangers go from here. Because you don't see because, a lot of fights nowadays. No, not even that. I'm talking from a front office perspective. The consensus around hockey was the Rangers were doing a damn good job in their rebuild. It was going faster than expected. I think, what was it, last February or two Februarys ago they released that letter? February 2018. Yeah, the frustration letter to the fans. And to go from that to this, they were competing for a playoff spot going to the last week of the season. If I'm a player and I look at New York as a destination and there's so much that's going for it, it's the big city. It's the original six team. It's the arena they play at. It's all that. But if you sign there, say, because let's say Chris Drury hangs on as general manager. Let's say you sign there because you're, you love Chris Drury. You love the vision. But you know that it can change like that with how James Dolan oversees things. It's got to make you at least a little bit weary on signing there. And I think that should be a concern for the team. I, I think Dolan Dolan doesn't think that far ahead when he makes moves. And That's I think you saw that tonight. I, can, I can't tell you uh, from experience, uh, you know, because I haven't followed the Rangers too closely, but as a Knicks fan, that is the key reason why we haven't been able to get any star free agents for, like, the longest time. People do not, like, Dolan has, you know, tainted the organization for better or worse because people look at him and they're like, he has no way, like, he doesn't really have a plan. He just hires who he thinks puts the team in the best position to win now, you know, regardless of the, you know, the team's future direction, you know, wherever they're going. It's different if your owner is very hands-on, but they have a, either A, a plan, or B, knowledge of the sport. And take a look at Jerry Jones. He gets a lot of backlash, but at the end of the day, he's not a football novice. He knows some things being a former player at Oklahoma. He knows some of the ins and outs of the game. James Dolan, on the other hand, he's not, I wouldn't say he's very knowledgeable in either of the teams he owns for that sport. And it leans more hockey than it does basketball where his knowledge is. You don't want him infiltrating the day-to-day operations. Look at the Wilpon. Yeah, the Wilpons are one of them as well. Like, it's, we can say what we want about friend Jeff Wilpon. They won a World Series. Yeah. They were, on, they were on that board. Yeah. You, you look at – that's why I'm so critical of uh, Shad Khan down in Jacksonville because he wants to be very hands-on, but he doesn't come from a football background. I don't have a lot of faith in that, a lot of that being, you know, Jacksonville's Jacksonville. But – James Dolan has a bad reputation as is when it in between both sports and is deemed to be a, basically an idiot for most of the things he's doing. And it's tough. It's tough when free agents want to come there, but you see how much of an impact James Dolan's going to have on the team. Also take a look at the hands-on owners in sports, right? Who are the ones we can name them off the top of our head? Jerry, Jerry Jones, Wellington Mara. Marilyn Mara, Art Rooney, Bob Kraft. I mean, some of these really, they know their stuff. Bob Kraft is interesting because he delegates a lot to Bill Belichick, but there are some decisions that don't go past Bob Kraft, you know, like that he's not going to push off to somebody lower than him. Like the Brady decision being worth everything too. Even if he doesn't have a say, like he knows 
and gets informed on everything too. Like, yeah, but he's not like going out of his way to make like should we cut this fourth on the depth chart linebacker and stuff like that. Like Jerry Jones has a hand in every little thing. It's yeah. not like that for Bob Kraft. And the other thing you you want to talk about owners who are hands on in sports, Mark Cuban. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think he's a very good owner. Yeah, but. Let's be real with the Dallas Mavericks is one of them. Let's take away that 2011 championship. Was it 2011? Yeah. Yeah. Let's take that away because there's a lot that's given to Dallas and their status because of that championship. Do we look at Mark Cuban any differently in the way he runs the Dallas Mavericks if they don't have that championship? No. I'll you don't think so? Yeah. Nope. People but look- here's the thing. The way he won that championship, I mean, look at the team he beat to win that championship. Yeah. He beat LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, the team that was going to run the NBA. And Michael Jordan. Playoff runs. Michael Jordan's one of them, a hands-on owner down there in Charlotte, and they haven't had any real success. But go up to, I'd say, go up to 100 Nick fans and ask who would you rather have owning your team, Michael Jordan or James Dolan? And what, 98 are going to say Michael Jordan? What about Steve, what about Steve Ballmer? They got Kawhi. <laughs> if they win a championship, uh, they got playoff P. Pandemic P. Pandemic P. Uh, I mean, He's another interesting one. On the spectrum of bad owners, you got the Johnson brothers in the, for the New York Jets. You know, up until this most recent season, our coaches and the GM have to okay. them separately. You can say what you want about the Johnson brothers. Leon Hess was worse. True. You look at the Jets record under Leon Hess. It is not pretty. Woody Johnson took a step back, though, right? Yeah. He was the UK was ambassador. Like, yeah, and that's when – because he was pretty much involved in day-to-days before that. He's back. Yeah, I don't know if you've actually seen – he's back and active on Twitter, and it's very – Yeah, awkward. but – It's like Uncle Stevie, but so much worse. <laughs> a lot of his activeness on Twitter is – I don't want to say, like, hype stuff. But it's more like what a social media department would do for a team. Yeah. You know? And how it's not like he's rip- he's making like opinions on personnel or yeah. stuff like that. And how can we talk about hands on owners without talking about Mark Davis? Very true. Don't talk don't talk bad about him. That no. man comes that man comes from the greatest owner in NFL history. God rest his soul, Al Davis. I and love the that man. that we saw in that thirty for thirty. That was awful. I hated that. So <laughs> it wasn't much. even a hologram. It was a it was a regular actor with deep fake. It was a deep fake. Yeah, that's terrible. Didn't need that. I do love that thirty for thirty though. That was the worst part of it, and that wasn't even that bad. Oh wait, uh, for meddling owners, can we say David Stern with the Pelicans with the Chris Paul trade earlier in the decade <laughs> in twenty eleven? Because remember, the Pelicans technically were owned by the league. So David Stern himself overturned that trade because he thought it would be, what's the word? Uh, he said it would like, you know, destroy parity in the league. Hell so. of a hell of a thing he did there. Yeah. We just talked about David Stern. Didn't even bring up the thing that he's most known for, and you can talk about conduct detrimental to the team all you want. It doesn't get much more detrimental than that. <laughs> Don't bring Magic Johnson to the games because he is an African American. Huh? Oh, I thought you were going to say that or, or the freezing envelopes for the Knicks. That's, pretty, that's, that's awesome. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We didn't mention Donald Sterling yet, who openly, you know, that was that's who I was. That's who I was confusing him oh, with. I confused David Stern with Donald Sterling. David Stern, Donald Sterling. great. I thought he was a great NBA commissioner. And most Personally. Part. Personally. Yeah. Like, there's a few blemishes, but who doesn't have one? Like. Yeah. The freezing of the envelope, but John's not going to argue against that. And yeah. the whole Chris Paul thing was just terrible. I was sticking to Donald Sterling, my mistake. Donald Sterling was a guy who's kind of hands-on. Yeah, Ballmer came in as the knight in shining armor. Yeah, and here they are with Pandemic P. When the pandemic ends, does Paul George's magical powers go away? I think like the pandemic took away his powers because he hasn't been like a playoff. He was decent in the bubble. No, no, he choked. Remember he the game seven against the Nuggets. 
He disappears oh. like Tinkerbell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but games one through three, man. You need Paul George and not an elimination game. I got I got something for you. I had a text from my friend who said, Who would you rather take? You have a choice of three. Michael Jordan, Jeremy Lynn for those two weeks, or bubble TJ Warren. <laughs> bubble TJ Warren was on another level. Oh yeah. my God. He was dropped in. He dropped what, like fifteen consecutive, like three yeah. consecutive games, something like that. Something stupid like that, and it was like T.J. Warren. Why? People forget about oh, on Indiana. Can we talk about uh, Bjorkren being potentially on his way out and being a one and done? Tough. Oh, oh. Yeah. Indiana basketball as a whole, tough. There's actually some news today on the, the coaching front. Like uh, Mike Budenholzer, a Milwaukee Bucks coach, he's on the hot seat if they don't make a conference finals run, apparently. Uh, that uh, makes sense. That seems like where that is with that. Yeah. You know, that seems like the logical next step in that one. It's like Mike McCarthy when he was with the Packers. Yeah. At a certain- you know, he kept getting close. Uh, take take away the, the, the Super Bowl. He kept getting close. Every year, every year, make the playoffs, make the playoffs, make the playoffs, never get there, never get there. Same thing with Budenholzer in Milwaukee. I will say this. If I'm a team that's looking for a new head coach, Mike Budenholzer is at the top of my list. I think if you're a team looking for a new head coach that – if you're a team like looking to win, I don't know how Budenholzer would do if he took over a team. Like, I, I, they're not at all I, – I don't think having a head coaching problem, I don't know that much about it. Like, the Bulls. I don't think that's a team. That, Bulls are sad. They got Billy Donovan. Yeah. I like the Wizards for him. That'd be cool. Yeah, I would just the Wizards are in a are in a playing spot, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But now they are. They're not gonna keep him. It's almost like Russell Westbrook's not a bad player. Man had 24 assists the other night. Still convinced you can't win with him as your best player. That's a good thing Beals there. They're the 10 seed. It's not acting like they're, they're that good. Yeah, John said it's basically what he's actually not. It's actually Bradley Beal. <laughs> I feel so bad for Bradley Beal. That man, so committed to Washington. Awful. It turns around for him soon. You know, like as a Knicks fan, trust me, there's nothing better than watching a team that's been miserable for years is finally turning around. Uh, l- let's talk a little bit here about the uh, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers situation. Because new details leak out. It seems like every day. And it's Aaron Rodgers' camp that's leaking these details. There's nobody else that's leaking them. Nobody else would have this knowledge except Aaron Rodgers and his camp. The one I'm talking about the most, what is the GM's name? Brian Gunkerst? Yeah. yeah. Referring to him Krause? as Jerry Krause. One. Well, well, Jerry Krause, yeah. One, it's not often that I will defend Krause. I got to defend him here. Say what you want. Krause destroyed the Bulls. Six rings. Six. Six. Can't even make the comparison. And Aaron Rodgers basically declaring themselves the 98 Bulls. Relax. (laughs) Wait, what? One Super Bowl. One one Super Bowl, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. I still think they could have done more for him. They could have helped him out a lot more. Oh, they definitely could. They did very wrong by him at the end of the day. The problem, Aaron Rodgers wanted Brady-level treatment. From his organization, like yeah, well, not that. here's the if, thing though, he didn't take the pay cuts. Tom Brady took yeah, those pay cuts. Like if they were gonna cut some guy too, on top of the pay cuts, if they said we're gonna cut this guy and Tom Brady says don't cut him, the Patriots weren't cutting him. Yeah. Packers on the other hand, Aaron Rodgers sees Tom Brady and goes, I can do that. And then it's like, okay, I see where you why you think you could do that. Perennial Super Bowl contender. I see why you want to be traded like Brady. You've won a couple MVPs. But then when you look over at Brady's table and you see, this is referring to his time in New England, you see six Super Bowl rings stacked up. Hmm. And Tom Brady's had power as a player over roster, unlike any other player I've seen. Tom Brady wanted their future quarterback gone, and he was basically on the next plane out. That's what the luxury of six Super Bowls gets you. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that. If Aaron Rodgers had six Super Bowls, 
And he said, even if he had three Super Bowls, and he said, I want Aaron Rodgers, if he said, I want Jordan Love out, Jordan Love would be out. No choice now, about it. He did get Mike McCarthy canned. Yeah. It uh, eventually happened. I think Mike McCarthy got Mike McCarthy canned. Yeah, I was going to say, I yeah. feel like that would have happened either way. <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy was not a good coach. Well, like, Aaron Rodgers kind of had everybody fooled. Just because Aaron Rodgers is good. Mike McCarthy really isn't that good. Like, if you're if you're management, and I understand Aaron Rodgers is a great player. He just won the MVP. And you have a guy on your board in Jordan Love. And you have him as the best player by far left in the draft. And you take him knowing it would anger Aaron Rodgers. Would you still take him? Here's the thing. If you believe if you believe that highly of him, would you still take him? Here's the thing. Yes, but there was nothing stopping them from calling him and being like, Aaron, we're going to draft this guy. Just letting you know. Like, the Bears, Andy Dalton has been signed for all of a month. They called him and they're like, listen, we're drafting Justin Fields. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, they at least took the deal of the, the time to let their guy know and you know, about this. And Aaron Rodgers, after everything he's done for the Packers organization, he deserves at least that. That's... You know- do you know what happened in Minnesota? I could tell you what happened in Minnesota the day of the draft. Rick Spielman, the general manager, called Kirk Cousins and said, just so you know, we're looking at Justin Fields. And Rick's, and, and Kirk says, and I quote pretty much, not quote, but great, nothing but the best for him. Thanks for letting me know. Of course, they didn't take Justin Fields. They took Kellen Mond. So when Kellen Mond got picked, Kirk came in and said, congrats to Kellen. Welcome to Minnesota. Here's how it's supposed to go down. That did not happen with Jordan Love. And the Packers tried to trade up to get either Justin Jefferson or another offensive weapon. That did not happen. I understand that. I understand that. But let's say they're on the clock. Justin Fields is there. Let's say in the case of Minnesota. And you call Kirk Cousins and you say, we're going to take Justin Fields. And he says, don't do that. What do you say if you're the Minnesota GM? I mean, if it's Kirk Cousins, you say uh, we're taking him. <laughs> yeah, we're taking him. See ya. But if what it's if Aaron Rodgers, you don't. I feel. Do like you? you do no, you? Think, if you get him a good old like, I don't know. I feel like if you get him a few more pieces, he could definitely win another Super Bowl. They went thirteen and three last year. It was their defense that blew it, and the coach. If they their secondary, they yeah. they yeah they didn't coach that I game was, very well. I, I remember them blowing it in the end. And this is to everybody listening. Aaron Rodgers did not make it to the Super Bowl last year, and it was not because of him or his offensive weapons. Aaron Rodgers wanted to – if he was going to miss going to the Super Bowl, he wanted it to be because of him. And the Packers head coach didn't even give him that opportunity. But if you think that highly of a quarterback – who are the only quarterbacks in the National Football League where he'll say to you, don't draft that guy, and you're listening? And you're saying, okay. Holmes. There's no Mahomes, and I think Brady, and I think that might be it. Maybe most Brees. of them are retired. Around I'd say Brees. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Drew Brees. I'd say Peyton Manning. I don't get well, why that. We're talking, we're talking now. Ryan, we're talking in the league now. Like the past like three years. Uh, Breeze is iffy. I was going to say, well, I mean, we just saw everything that happened with him, like, not even months ago, so I don't know. By the way, nice job, Seattle. Most of that was just just rumors, though. Nothing was ever really confirmed out of Seattle. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think everything's all, you know, calmed down now, but I think he was just kind of, you know, posturing a little bit, trying to get them to hire the coordinator he wanted, trying to make the offense more, you know, uh, central, you know, focused on him, but yeah, but that's the thing. He said he wanted something done, and it got done. Aaron Rodgers has been saying he wants things done for years, and nothing has been done. Wait, who wanted? Who said that he wanted something done and it got done? 
interested in Wilson. Wilson. No, nothing's gotten what what he says he wants protection. Have you seen that? No, they didn't. They drafted. Didn't they draft? He doesn't want weapons. One guard. They didn't even draft any. Oh, yeah, one guard. Like nothing. Russell Wilson has desired has been given to him. He wants to be on his back less. And that's not happening (laughs) next year, at least. The off season's not over. Yeah, but the offensive linemen are gone. Yeah, who's out there? Russell Okun. City took all. Trish. Bobby Hart got signed. Russell Okun's still out there, and wasn't he already a Seahawk? Yeah, I think he was. <laughs> yeah, like that's not going to work. Didn't work once, and now he's I, older. I said on this podcast, I said the Seahawks had to make one move. They needed to make a trade any way possible for Orlando Brown, and they didn't do it. They didn't have the draft capital. And I bet you're just heartbroken that they didn't have the draft capital, John. I know. <laughs> in my eyes, for a linebacker who can't, you know, cover. In my eyes, a quarterback gets to a certain age. Tom Brady excluded, because whatever he says in Tampa goes. If t- if Tom Brady said tomorrow trade Mike Evans, Mike Evans would be gone. Simple as that. You think Tom Brady was notified about Kyle Trask? I think so. It probably was, and he's probably probably happy. he wants probably. to set that team up most likely. But but if Tom Brady said don't draft Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask wouldn't be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer right now. Oh, without a doubt. But I feel like he wants that team to succeed even long after him. So I feel like he's going to try and help them out before he leaves. He didn't go there just to win a championship and leave them the shit. The only reason why Drew Brees might have earned that distinction in New Orleans is because he's the only good quarterback they have had. He is the New Orleans oh, Saints. Yeah, like... I don't believe Aaron Rodgers has earned that distinction, one, solely because of the organization he plays in. You also got to remember the Packers... Historically not an organization that gives in to players. That, yeah, they haven't... This is like... What's it called? I saw a, the post the other day where the Packers haven't had one quarterback play 17 seasons. Yeah, everybody. Uh, Star stopped at sixteen. So did Breeze and Rogers. Were just in year sixteen for Favre. Yeah, Favre. Favre. Yeah. No, I don't know. know. All this stuff with Rogers kind of brings back memories of uh, you remember the Favre saga when he first, you know, wanted out of Green. Well, you know, when he first retired and then he unretired, I should say, and then they're like, no, no, sorry, Rogers, it's his job, and so they offered to pay him off to stay retired. And then eventually, you know, after that whole roller coaster, he was finally traded for the Jets to the Jets for like a fourth rounder. Like, conditional. yeah, I, we all know where Rodgers is going. The Jets. No, he's going. Giants, Giants. baby. Giants? He's gonna be. He's gonna be he's a going, Denver. He's going. He's gonna retire and go to Jeopardy. That would be awesome. Jeopardy, I loved yeah, him. That would be awesome. I would not doubt it. I, really I also think not. that him doing Jeopardy has hurt the Green Bay Packers a little bit. So. Because it gave him a taste of, of life outside, outside of football. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has terrible. taken a step outside of football and says, I can succeed out here too. And if they don't want to give me exactly what I want, and they're not willing to let me go and play somewhere else, I got this right here. I also and don't. He's a huge Jeopardy fan too. I so hear he the argument. Oh, his fiance is in Los Angeles. He wants to spend time with his fiance. That's garbage. Yeah. Do you know where Aaron Rodgers was spotted the other day? At a AAA at a minor league baseball game in Milwaukee. Hmm. If he's that concerned about spending time with his fiance in Los Angeles, yeah. why isn't he doing it in the off season? Location's yeah. not the problem. No. He'd probably be happier out in California, but that's not location, the problem. If location was the problem, it would have been a problem years ago. It wouldn't be a problem now. Yeah. Green Bay is the f- smallest of the four major North American sports markets. He's still a star. He's still a superstar. Simple as that. Now, shout football, out to the Niners. Football transcends market. Now, shout out to the Packers for trying to file tampering charges against the Niners and the Broncos. I can see that. I could see that. I could see. I could see Elway making a call. You know, that'd be a total John Elway move. Be like, hey, 
I'm going to try and trade for you. I got to get your players to call instead. Be like, hey, they got, get Jerry Judy to start calling. Be like, hey, want to play with me? I think that's even tampering, isn't it? How, how about Rodgers telling free agents that he was not going to be with the Packers? Don't bother coming here if you don't want me to throw to you. <laughs> and you look and go, why did they get a weapon in free agency? Maybe that was why. And then it just makes him look better now because they didn't get it. Everybody goes, oh, they didn't get him anybody. Well, if Aaron Rodgers was telling him he wasn't going to play there. He's all the most mediocre wide receivers. Hey, uh, if you want to just come here to play with me, uh, don't. Maybe they shouldn't have let their all-pro center go instead of you know signing a running back that when they just drafted one in the second round a year ago. Here's where I am right now when it comes to the starting quarterback week one for the Green Bay Packers. I am... 60% sure it is going to be Aaron Rodgers week one for Green Bay. You don't think he holds out? I think he holds out two weeks into the preseason and the Green Bay goes, okay, what do you want? They should. It might not even go that far. It might go like just into like OTAs or something. Yeah. The other forty, the thirty-five of the other forty percent is Jordan Love. The other five percent's other. Five percent Tim Boyle. <laughs> hey, don't talk shit about Tim Boyle. Five percent Colin Kaepernick. Andy Dalton. Whenever Tim Boyle seems game time, he's like a human victory uh, for Green Bay. What the hell do you have handy, having to Andy Dalton that he ends up in Green Bay by week one? <laughs> Justin Fields outplays him, and they're looking to offload him, and then they can get Aaron Rodgers. No, the only way the only way it could happen is a field is a Dalton for Rogers trade straight up. Nick Foles went from yeah. short quarterback in the future in Jacksonville to QB three on Chicago. <laughs> you want a good trade, Matt 32. Ryan? Oh, sorry, Eric. Uh, Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers straight up. Great trade. <laughs> Great trade for who? <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, Zach. I approve of that trade. Yeah. Oh, I'll be real with you. Any trade where you trade Aaron Rodgers, it's not going to look like you won that trade. No. Yeah. I do think there's a chance he sits out this year because he has the out after this season of the contract. But I don't think that man can stay away from football for a year if the opportunity is there. I know the outside life beckons, and I think he does consider it. But football, man. He's a competitor above all else. And he he loves the people he of Green Bay. Winner. He doesn't he doesn't love the management as much right now, but he loves the people of Green Bay. He loves the fans. He loves every owner of the Green Bay Packers. I don't know. It's interesting. We're we're gonna see some movement here as we as we go. I you gotta make a decision sooner rather than later, I believe, if you're Green Bay. Because yeah, you as we get closer call. to the season. You're gonna want to get him moved if if it's becoming evident he won't play a snap for you. Well, did you see what happened? Uh, what happens with their salary cap after June first? It's like that's why I think this is the Rogers trade. Yeah, I think they're just gonna wait till after June first, and then they'll get all that cap taken off of theirs, and then they can trade them away. And I think Denver is in because they did not take a quarterback at all in this draft. Yeah, there's a reason for that. That'd be something. I think I think the front runners are. Uh, I think it's I think it's Vegas and Denver. Yeah, imagine Denver again takes like same how Peyton Manning went there and after having Peyton Manning like, fall in their lap. They've had Elway Peyton Manning fall in their laps. Mahomes, Herbert, and Rogers in the same division is good for my health. Don't 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 discredit Carr. I love Carr. I love Derek Carr. Don't discredit him. That offense was elite last year. Defense, different story. Yeah, not very good. Not Carr just Derek Carr, but Derek Carr is also not Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. No, those three aren't even close to Derek Carr level. I, I knew. I knew. <laughs> Derek Carr was playing like MVP before he got hurt in 16. Why do you think it's going to be not Marcus Mariota? He's not on the roster. Yeah, he is. He was a free agent. I didn't think they picked up his option. No, he's still there. Is he? Could have yeah. sworn. 
Well, someone would have picked him up by now, otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, fuck, he's still there. John Washington. I feel like with the Rodgers trade, man, it'd be interesting because I don't really feel like you can just trade him for a – or, excuse me, trade draft picks straight up for him because Wait, – that, That's it. It's Mahomes, Rodgers, uh, Herbert, Peterman. <laughs> oh, my God. Facts. Big facts. But no like, two ways about it. The Peter man. Any package for Rodgers, though, that's, you know, the Packers are getting draft picks back. They're going to be high draft picks because most of these teams trading for him are just a quarterback away. And then they're, you know, then they're contenders. Like the Broncos, if they have a signal caller, like Rodgers, that's it. Like, I don't that's- think, that, I don't think Las Vegas is a quarterback away. I, I don't, they're, they're a lot of things away. And I think they're Las hoping that Aaron. Hey, don't do that. I think Las Vegas is hoping that Aaron Rodgers can mask some of the offensive line problems, but I don't think that's going to be able to happen. No, he'll be just in the same spot he is now. <laughs> yeah. What, what would be funny if he is traded to like either the Broncos or the Raiders, just one of those two teams, uh, the other one he doesn't get traded to, is going to be so pissed their fans that he wasn't <laughs> their team. Yeah, especially when you got Drew Locke running out there. <laughs> <laughs> or Bridgewater. Or Teddy Bridgewater. All right, so we got one more thing here for a wrap up. We got a big fight this weekend, this Saturday, uh, on the zone. We have Canelo Alvarez against Billy Joe Saunders live from AT and T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, and this is a big one. Uh, it's for some belts there, and I believe what is the middleweight middleweight division. And there's some controversy going into this week. They are supposed to have a face off. Earlier in the week, Billy Joe Saunders did not show up. Billy Joe, Billy Joe Saunders' dad actually said the fight was off due to a dispute over ring size. Uh, the two did face off today, so it looks like this fight is a go. Canelo Alvarez, the early favorite. We'll see as we get a little bit closer to fight time how that goes. But there's not going to be a fight in professional boxing where Canelo Alvarez is not favored. It's as simple as that. Billy Joe Saunders is more than a competent fighter. He is a world-class fighter, actually. And... Canelo Alvarez's skill just has him the overwhelming favorite, in my opinion, in this fight. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about it on uh, Thursday or no, Friday, my bad. And we're going to be at Yankee Stadium tomorrow, Yankees Astros, oh, yeah. to get our word. Potentially words today, when you're potentially today, when, today you're when you're looking at it. Thursday, May 6th, we'll be at Yankee Stadium. We have a sign. The banner has come. It is eight feet long, two feet well, wide. Uh, we're ready. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up before we uh, finish. Go here. ahead. So in the National League East, the the best run differential. Someone give me a guess who you think has the best run differential in the, uh, in the East for the National League. The Marlins. Marlins. They do. In, and guess where they are? The dead bottom. Last. They're dead last. And Literally everybody except for Atlanta has double-digit negative run differentials, except for Miami for some reason. <laughs> I don't get no. how you outscore your opponent and still be losing like that. It makes no real, sense. Real quick here before we go, it looks like the NL will be acquiring the designated hitter next year or in the I'm coming years. Do you know how close the DH was in the past? Uh, the NL was in the past to having a DH. Yeah, this was wild. The closest right. they've come was in 1891. Holy fuck. The vote was seven to five. Ooh. Who was voting? Teams. Teams in the National League. Oh. If that vote goes the other way, baseball history is different. Yeah, that's crazy. If that vote ties, baseball history might be different. Yeah, what do they do if they tie? There had to be some kind of I don't know I'm not I, I'm not familiar with the governing body of the National League in 1891. I'm not sure how votes went if they tied. Sorry. Yeah, listen, you should it's know. Not that. my forte. It's not my wheelhouse. <laughs> Baseball out. history in 1891 is really not our target audience. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Believe it or Please. not, not many of those people left. That's true. No, really. <laughs> yeah. Go well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap this episode. We're gonna see you again on Friday for an episode of Two Only Men. If, if come say Yankee, hi. We'll yes, be handing come. out stickers tomorrow at Yankee Stadium, and you cannot miss it. Our logo is on our sign. 
Yeah, it is the second O in Houston. Screen. Now, yeah. with that said, if you are watching to either today or tomorrow's Yankee game, May six, and you see our banner, send us a picture. Yes. Let Tag us know us. that you witnessed us. Tag us. We'll be there bright and early tomorrow morning. Negative COVID tests and all. And vaccinations in the case of John. So we will see you on Friday for the episode of Too Many Men.